Welcome to Words in Season. I'm your host, Kara Marie Morris. And like every time you join me, I'm so grateful and so thankful that you've joined the Words in Season podcast as we partake in the word today. God has something fresh and something new, something anointed, because his word is always the same and his word never changes. So this week, I am going to continue the series that we began weeks ago, where we began talking about salvation and the internal importance of salvation. The first episodes, we looked at who is God, who is Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit. And last week, we looked at who am I now in light of this eternal salvation. Thank God that we don't have to look to the blood of goats and calves like the Israelites in the Old Testament that was only obtained temporary salvation, only temporary relief from sin, but we have received an eternal sacrifice. And as Jesus died on the cross and gave up his life willingly because he saw the joy that was set before him, and that was you and that was me. So last week we talked about from Isaiah 43, how that we're not alone now. We can say, who am I? I'm not alone. We also looked at to see that we saw that we're his witnesses and that we've been chosen to know him. And this week we are going to look into a couple of different scriptures to see what it means that God loves me. What does it mean to be part of the beloved? Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, to share on social media. And remember, every time you tune in, that Jesus has a word in season for you. So the love of God is so vast and so great that honestly, it's kind of hard for me to even comprehend or explain. So I want to start out, first of all, with trying to describe the love of God. And the best way that we can do that is with the Word of God. So let's go to our first scripture, which is going to be Ephesians 3, and it's 18 and 19 out of the Passion Translation. And it's talking about the love of God. And he, Paul is praying that the Ephesians would experience the love of God, not just know it in their mind, but experience the love of God. And here it says, then you will be empowered. This is for you and me as we experience the love of God. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and how far reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to the overflowing with the fullness of God. So there's so many dimensions and expressions of the love of God. And part of that is Him calling us His children and how much He loves us. So the another scripture I want to look at today is going to be in Colossians 3.12. So God calls us not only his loved, his children, which he does, 
but he also calls us beloved. So this is something that I, um, the first time I ever heard this explanation and talking about what it means in the Greek, it was in a small group at my church. And I mean, it was at least five years ago, the first time I heard it. And it has stuck with me because it created a belief in my heart And it was a seed that was planted. And as I've watered it with the word and as I've watered it with experience, as I've watered it, um, listening to sermons and experiencing the love of God in different ways, whether it's in my church or his presence on -on one-on-one and my alone time with him, that seed has grown. And so I can say I am part of the beloved. So Colossians 3.12, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified It says, so then as God's own chosen people who are holy and set apart and sanctified for his purpose, you are well beloved by God himself. And he continues to admonish them what they should be do as they're putting on compassion and kindness and humility. But the first part I want to, I want to look at again. So as God's own chosen people who are holy and well beloved by God himself, So here, of course, we know if you've been in church or you've been in um, any kind of devotionals before, I'm sure you have heard what the Greek word is for God's love, the God kind of love. And that word is agape. The Greek word here and its form, it actually means that it's continuous, that it I am loved, that I have always been loved, and I will always be loved. That God loves me with an everlasting love. And that's the incredible thing too with God, like we're talking about, that this is eternal redemption. This is eternal salvation. So everything with God is eternal because he is the eternal one. So I can say that I'm loved by him. A lot of times I haven't really understood the love of God. You know, mentally, I'm like, yeah, of course, God loves me. God loves the world. God loves everything um, in the sense of God loves every person. And I've mentally agreed with that. But like it says in Ephesians 3, it's different when you actually experience that whether it's a person preaching the word of God and you sense the love of God on it, or maybe it's a song. Um, Maybe it's an experience that you've had where you just know that God was watching over you and, and that's part of the love of God. So that's what has enlightened my eyes and shown me that I am loved is knowing that I have always been loved. That God had a plan for me before the foundation of the world. That he created me. That I was that joy that was set before Jesus on the cross. That he died specifically for me. He saw me through eternity and he died for me. I have always been loved. I will always be loved. And as I see this extravagant love, it makes me love him more. Like it says in 1 John that God is love. And I can't even love with the real, true, genuine, eternal love until I receive his love for me. It says I can love because he loved me first. 
Beloved, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and those who love, they know God and those who don't love, they don't know God because God is love. So God in his eternal nature, he doesn't change. He will never change. He will always be the same. And so you may say, so what's the point? What's the point of knowing that? When you know that someone loves you, there is a freedom and a security all at the same time. Knowing that they're never going to leave you. They're never going to lie to you. You can trust them. You can trust them and take them at their word. And to a degree, I'm sure you've experienced that with a person. But at the same time, we've all been let down by people, whether it's in church or out of church. But God is the eternal one that we have been saved by and that we know that will never let us down. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Like we talked about in the last episode, whether we are walking through the fire or whether we're walking through the water, whether it feels like a fire or a flood or all all of the same, all of it at the same time, God is with us. And that's something that is been helpful for me even in my job there's a lot of times I I work by myself and I can just take a moment I'm still working but you know your head is kind of you can easily just go a thousand different ways and you're thinking about the the next task or you're thinking about whatever you're going to do that day but it's so simple to go ahead and take that time and acknowledge his presence you can acknowledge his presence there's been times when I've been listening to a worship song and I just sense the presence of God and I learned it from my mom. She was so good at it and it's so precious. I'm so grateful for that part of my spiritual heritage. She would stop everything and, you know, she would stop everything that she was doing and acknowledge the presence of God. So taking the time, when you sense him moving on your heart, when you sense him speaking to your heart, taking that time, it doesn't even mean you have to stop what you're doing if you're at work or you're driving. And, you know, sometimes you are alone in your prayer prayer closet and you sense that presence. Just taking the time and that moment to say, God, I sense your love. I know your love. I know you love me with an everlasting love. And it becomes more real and more real to you the more that you talk about the love the more that you sense it the more that you experience the more that you expect to see it in your life so one more scripture that I wanted to look at that talks about that we are God's children is first John 3 starting in verse 1 first John 3 that we are children of God Starting with verse 1, it says, See what incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us, that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. And this is the reason the world doesn't know us, because it didn't know Him. And this is verse 2. Beloved, we are, even here and now, children of God. And it is not yet made clear what we will be after His coming. We know that when he comes and is revealed we will as his children be like him and we will see him just as he is in all his glory and everyone who has this hope that he is confidently placed in him purifies himself 
just as he is pure, holy, and undefied. So in Colossians 3.12, it says that he calls us holy. He calls us beloved. Here in 1 John 3, he says, children of God, that's what we are. So we can say, in all of the craziness of this world, and all the things that the world tries to say, and society tries to say, and your family tries to say, and your own mind tries to say, of who you are, we can boldly declare that we are children of God, that we are holy and that we are beloved. And that just simply means that we are set apart, that we are consecrated. If you're familiar at all with um, the Old Testament, it makes me think of Leviticus, that all the different utensils that the priests made and the, the tent of meeting where they would meet God in his presence at that time, that's how he came. All that was dedicated and set apart. And it was holy for the use of the Lord. And now because of what Jesus has done and our nature has been recreated like we talked about last week as well in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that now we are new creations in Christ. He moved in with his spirit and now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and he indwells us. And now We have been set apart and dedicated and consecrated to him. And we have always, and we have always been loved. We will always be loved and we are loved now. So now it's like it says in 1 John 3 right here. It says, now we are children of God. What an incredible quality of love that the father has loved us with. And you know, It is sometimes we compare our natural love, you know, with the father's love, but natural human love is selfish. Relationships are selfish. Marriages are selfish. Even family relationships, friend relationships are all selfish and self-seeking. If not tempered with the word of God, if not completely based in the word of God, because naturally we just want what we want. We want to see what the most we can get. We want to see, well, what does this relationship have to do for me? What can I get out of this marriage? What can I get out of this friendship? Maybe if I'm friends with them, then I'll be seen. Or maybe I'll have more followers on Instagram. It is agape, the God kind of love that allows us to love in a pure and holy and set apart and consecrated way. But it is the love of God that allows us to be able to love with a completely selfless love, just like Jesus loved. He willingly sacrificed himself on behalf of the world with no guarantee that we would choose him, that we would choose the way. And that is the same love now that we can love with. We can love our spouses. We can love our children, our coworkers, strangers even. We love them because we know It says in 1 John 5, we know that we've passed from death to life because we have the love of God on the inside of us. That nature was imparted to us. So just a quick recap. So who am I in light of this eternal salvation? I am beloved. Again, in that Greek word, it means that you have always been loved, that you will always be loved. And that you are loved now. So I want to encourage you this week. Don't 
bow your standard of love to a desperate level. I mean, I've been there where I've been willing to settle. Oh, this is fine. Oh, he's not a Christian or whatever those things are that would be settling. Don't settle for any other quality of love than the great and incredible quality of love, the agape love of God coming out of you, but also what you receive. This week, don't let the world, don't let the past, don't let movies, don't let songs that are not of God be your standard of love. Because again, just like we talked like la- talked about last week, if it's not God, it is never going to satisfy you. And God is that eternal wellspring of life that will satisfy your thirst. In Revelations, Jesus says, he says, come to me all that are thirsty and they will be watered with these eternal waters. Come to me all who's thirst. So again, who am I? I am beloved. So this week, think about it, that you've always been loved. You are loved now and you will always be loved. And when you focus on the love of God, it will bring a freedom to your heart and to your mind. Not a fear, not a worry, not a dread that you're doing the wrong thing. Because when we experience this incredible love that he's given us, this far reaching, this deeply intimate love, it changes the way we think, the way we act, the way we want to do life. And you can be sure that you are on the path that he has for you because you are seeking him first. When you see this love for real, then you can't do anything but seek him first. So thank you for listening this week. I encourage you to make his love your standard of love. And you can say when the world says, well, who are you? You can say, I am a beloved, holy child of the Most High God.